So we are entering part two of our three-part teaching series that I'm leading called Walking with Jesus. And in this series, we will, we will discuss and highlight a handful of Jesus' miracles. And today's conversation, we will focus on one question. How can we place our faith and trust beyond our understanding? Before we start today's message, let us read uh, from the Word of God. We're reading from Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 56. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him. Sorry, two parts, yes. John welcomed him. For they were all waiting for him. And they came, uh, and there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, falling at Jesus' feet. He implored him to come to his house, for he had only a daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there were women who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And, she, and though she spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind them and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surrounding you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touch me, for I perceive that the power has gone out from me. And when the women saw that she was not hidden, she trembled and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she has been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well, and go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be made well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and the mother of the child. All were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taken by her hand, he called, saying, child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once. And he directed that something should be given to her to eat. And her parents were amazed. And he charged them to tell no one what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. So a quick recap of part one of our series, Working with Jesus. We learned and discussed what is faith and how does it look like. Jesus fed 5,000 families with just five loaves of bread and two fish. The disciples doubted on Jesus' outcome of feeding the 15,000 people that were there and what they had. We learned that Jesus will always provide and his love and his compassion for his people will never dry, even, will never run dry, even when it seems impossible. Today's message, we have two stories, one moment, two healings. The first story, if it's a woman, 
for 12 years who suffered a disease that kept her away from society and living a normal life. The second story, a father who was a ruler of the synagogue. His daughter was a verge of death and dies while Jesus was on his way to see the young girl. We have these two individuals risking their livelihood and lives to meet Jesus at that one moment in hopes to change their lives. While I was doing my research for today's message, I came across a good point to highlight for us for our notes. And the Faith Life Study Bible states that these miracles, the healing of the woman and the young daughter, the young girl, Jesus is showing his messiahship. The first testifies of his power over sickness and the human body. The second shows his power over death. Sickness and death, we all can agree, sooner or later, we will experience or had experienced it. Some of us today are going through some tough challenges regarding our health, and we all mourn a death of someone near to our heart. We all pray for healing, we all pray for comfort, and we all pray for a miracle. But what makes this story different from ours? A quick answer is, there is no difference in regards to the health issues or the healing. But the difference is the situation of these two individuals find themselves in. To understand this, let us try to unpack today's text. Story number one, the woman. For 12 long years, she has suffered from hemorrhaging. She couldn't stop bleeding. The Bible is not clear on the exact nature of her condition, but because of the ongoing discharge, she was marked unclean under the Jewish laws. And therefore, she was an outcast, not allowed to be with others in the community who are deemed clean, and most likely she was not married or was not allowed to marry, which it is a big deal in Jesus' time. So being part of a normal life wasn't in her cards until she was deemed clean, not until now. We know from the story she spent all her money on doctors. No one could help her. She had nothing left but this hope, this faith that was inside her. I can't imagine what went through her mind when she decided to leave her home, a place that she was only allowed to be in, to meet this man, Jesus, he, that she heard about. You have to understand the laws of, about the unclean were strict to the T. We have to know that God himself instructed Moses about this law in Leviticus 15.31. It says, you, should, you must keep the Israelites separate from the things that make them unclean so they will not die in their uncleanness for to find my dwelling place, which is among them. And Leviticus 15 goes in detail about the uncleanness about the discharge. It's very strict, and they took it literally. So to understand her position, I encourage you to read that chapter so you have a better understanding what she is risking. To, Lisa say, to, to, to say the least, she was bold and willing to break God's laws 
to risk her life to meet Jesus at that moment. According to the Gospel uh, of Mark, it says that this woman was weak from her illness and has gotten progressively worse. So therefore, she's unclean, and she's putting others at risk under the bodily discharge laws that she has to obey by. Yes, indeed, she was bold. Bold enough to risk it all. In 12 years, she was not allowed to get into the temple courts to listen to the word of God spoken by the temple priests and leaders. I'm assuming she heard from a distance about Jesus who did remarkable things in his ministry journey in Galilee. Just a quick note before this chapter, he was in Galilee. In the middle of this chaos, with a hundred people around him and his mob of people around Jesus, she found a way to get to him, getting through all these people and placing all her faith and all her hopes and everything she had on the story that she heard from a distance just to touch his garment in the hopes that she could, that the hope that she could be healed. Her faith healed her. When Jesus knew that someone touched him, he was not talking about the hundred people pressing against him, but a person who had faith greater than those around him, a person who was unclean, a person who was clearly do not belong there. He felt the power coming out of him to heal someone, a person who was afraid to be noticed because of their condition. When he, Jesus, questioned who touched him, she knew he was talking about her. The woman feared for her life, but she did not hide her, herself from him. Let's read again in Luke 8, 47. It says, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she has been immediately healed. That's faith. Faith in the unknowing, not knowing what the end result will be. That's courage. That's boldness. She had no idea this will work, nor she knew the story she heard was true or not. That's faith. And Jesus, being Jesus, the awesome man that he is, says to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well, and go in peace. This proves and shows the messiahship at work. The Leviticus laws has no hold on him. Just imagine you are that woman, 12 years, suffering from an illness, and you are marked for society that you are unclean and you cannot worship with us, you cannot go to the well to gather water with people around, around them, you have to go after hours. You cannot probably eat in family gatherings because you are unclean and your uncleanliness could mark others to be unclean and it was against the law. She had nothing left. She heard a story about a man in Galilee healing people. 
And all she said, I spent all my money. I probably don't have a husband. She probably didn't have a husband. She had, in her, in her mind, she had no future. She said, I'm going to risk it all. And if it doesn't work, and if I get caught, my life is on the line. There was millions, I mean millions, hundreds of people surrounding me, thousands of people. And she gets there, and she drops on the floor, and she says, I just want to touch his garment. Because all I heard and all I see is my life is draining away, but I know he can heal me. She had no idea he was the Messiah. But something inside of her says, you know what? That's the man that's going to heal me. That's the man that's going to change my life. All my struggles, all my anything, my nothingness, I'm going to place on this man I don't know who he is. So when she touched his garment, Jesus felt the power coming out of him and says, someone is healed. Someone touched me. And Peter said, no one touched you. Look at all these people. But someone touched me. He knew. That person desired. It's emptying everything. And no hopes to be made well. And that's faith. Placing the faith in the unknown. Not knowing the end result will be. The second story, we have a father and his daughter. Jairus. I'm going to change his name to Jairo because I cannot pronounce that very well, if you guys don't mind. It is a translation in Spanish, it's Jairo. But Jairus, I will try my best. <laughs> he was a father of a 12-year-old young girl whom Jesus raised from the dead, and he was a well-known ruler in the synagogue in Capernaum. Jairus came to Jesus, pleading with him to come to his house so he can heal his only daughter, who was on the verge of death. Jairus heard the same stories about the miracles Jesus performed in Galilee, and, when he, and what he has done for Peter's mother-in-law, who was extremely ill and was near death herself. Jairus, like any father, probably was thinking, if he could heal them and heal Peter's mother-in-law from near death, so Jesus can heal my daughter. We have this well-known leader is risking his status, his reputation in the community to publicly meet Jesus. Not only he meets Jesus, but he humbles himself at Jesus' feet and ask him if he can heal his only daughter. At this point in time, Jesus was already a controversial figure. The other chief priests and leaders already considered Jesus to be a her- as a heretic. But that did not stop this father who wanted nothing more for his daughter to be healed. We heard and learned from today's scripture reading that Jesus was interrupted by the woman who was suffering for 12 years. In that moment, while Jesus was talking to her, a messenger came from Jairus' house, said to him that your daughter is now dead. Therefore, there's no reason to bother Jesus. As a father myself, I cannot imagine or phantom the idea of losing my child or hearing that news. I just, just imagine what went through his mind. I would have given up. What's the point? Nothing I can do. She's gone. She's dead. 
It's too late. But Jesus overheard the conversation, and he said to Jairus, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be made well. Jairus did not give up. He believed. And finally, Jesus arrived at his house. Peter, John, and James, as well as Jairus and his wife, all entered the house. People in the house were crying about the loss of this young girl. Jesus said to them, do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. They all laughed because it is clear to them she is dead. But for Jesus, nothing is impossible. Jairus witnessed the healing of the woman, and that healing confirms all that he heard. And now, at, now in this moment, he still believes because Jesus told him to believe. And by doing so, the spirit returns to the young girl's body. Jesus touches her and heals her, and she is healed. We have parents losing their children, their child, the loved one, the only kid they have. All you want is for them to be healed, a miracle to be answered, prayer to be answered. You have this man who was a leader in a synagogue. Jesus already deemed a heretic, deemed like he's a bad dude, do not follow him, whatever the case may be. If you do, you will, you will suffer the consequences. He didn't care. The father mode kicked in. He did not care what his leaders told him to care about or what to do in this case. He stepped out of the norm he put his life at risk, his reputation, his standing in the synagogue to meet Jesus. But not only meet Jesus, but he falls at Jesus' feet. And not only he falls at Jesus' feet, he witnessed himself the miracle that Jesus performed. He gambled it. He put all on red. Come to my home and save my daughter. Come to my home, save my child. I'm willing to risk everything to see life in her. Chuck Swindoll is one of my favorite preachers. Some know. If you don't know him, well, he's one of the best out there. He has a message series uh, similar to what we're speaking today. Um, in his series, he states, it is interesting to note that the daughter of Jairus was 12 years old of age, the same number of years as the women in the crowd who suffered from an illness. Also, um, you know, also, Jesus called the woman he healed daughter. This is the only time he called anyone daughter. Aim, to, um, aim the many reference to Jairus, daughter in the same narrative. The story of Jairus in the Bible is really a miracle within the miracle with two daughters. And Chuck continues, when Jesus stopped on his way to Jairus' house to speak to the women in the crowd, he allowed time to pass. Jesus was not, a, was not worried about Jairus' daughter dying. He knew all along that he will heal her, even if it meant raising her from the dead. 
In a beautiful act of, of mercy, Jesus stopped to care for a woman in the crowd who had reached out to him in faith. Jairus undoubtedly felt the urgency of his situation. And he was perhaps annoyed at what he saw as a delay. His daughter was laying at death's door, and Jesus was taking his time. Jairus learned that God's timing and purpose is not like ours. Sometimes he requires patience from us. Sometimes he waits longer than we think is rational. And sometimes he allows temporary loss in order to show us the eternal abundance of his blessing. Chuck makes a great point. Patience is everything. It is not about our timing, but his. The women waited 12 years to be healed. Joris, Jairus, probably, probably waited 12 minutes. Faith is not about how much we learn as believers. There are people in our community, in this world, who does not believe, but yet still receive the healing they need or the healing for someone they love. Jairus' family members who laughed at Jesus, they did not, probably did not believe, but the young girl they loved was healed. The woman for 12 years was not allowed to leave her home and could not enter the temple. We have to question, where does this faith come from? So what is faith? Faith is the belief with a predominant idea of trust or confidence. The Apostle Paul in his letter to Romans Church writes that faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of God, Romans 10, 17. We teach and we are taught that the Holy Spirit creates faith through the means of grace, which is word and sacrament. Therefore, it is a gift given by God by his, through his son, Jesus Christ. C.F.W. Walter, a famous theologian, once said about faith during his lectures about law and gospel, faith is not the requirement, but the tool. Faith is not the requirement, but the tool. Faith is a gift, and we need to learn how to use it and how to rely on, God, uh, uh, rely on the will of God who gives us this faith. So what about the father, Jairus, and the woman? They did not have Paul's letters about faith or understanding about faith. But this we know. Jairus was told by Jesus to believe. Not only he was told, but he saw firsthand the mysterious act that Jesus performed. Prior to that, Jesus, um, Jairus heard what Jesus has done before his arrival, which is the reason why he ran to him and humbled himself before Jesus' feet. The women... Her faith comes from hearing the same story of Jairus probably heard what happened in Galilee. And the only difference is that she was confined within her own home. Both are placing their faith and trust to the unknown that is beyond their understanding. 
Earlier in the message, I stated we'll focus on one question. How can we place our faith and trust beyond our understanding? In the book of Proverbs, the writer states that one must trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on, on, do not lean on your own understanding. That's Proverbs 3, 5. This is, this is the story. We clearly see that example. In the story we, we just read, clearly see that example. They truly trust in the Lord, and they did not lean on their own understanding. We must do the, we must do the same. Faith is to believe that Christ's righteousness is yours, that his life is yours, that his death is yours, and that everything that Christ is is yours, given to you for you. Paul Again, in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So that faith that is placed in you and me by the Holy Spirit, it is not our own, but Christ's faith. The question again, how can we place this faith and trust beyond our understanding. We have to remove the middleman, which is us, our reasoning, our doubts, our understanding, and replace it with Christ. I know that this is not an easy task. We all want to be controlled of our world around us. But Jesus is telling us it is okay to give up. It is okay to let me lead. It is okay for let me to heal you. Can I say it again? Jesus is telling us, it is okay to give up. Let me lead. Let me heal you. For I suffer the cross for this purpose. It's okay to give up. It's okay to let me lead you. And it's okay for let me heal you because I suffer the cross for this purpose. So whatever your illness, or your current situations, or struggles are, know that we have a healer, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. We could replace this story besides a human element of the physical health of any circumstances we face ourselves in. Let's be that that woman for 12 years, gambling everything, all that she has, all her nothing, and just touch Jesus. Let's be like that father who's risking his position in the synagogue and the community, ignoring the leaders, and says, I'm going to humble at Jesus' feet. We have to remove our reasoning, our doubts, and our understanding. Because the faith is not what we learn or earn. It's what is placed in us. And what's in us is Christ. Everything in Christ is yours. And I'll leave you with his words. Do not fear, only believe. Amen.